Social Strategy Podcast, episode 33. Welcome to the Social Strategy Podcast, where it's all about making the most of your business with smart tips on what's working now in social media, online business, and good old-fashioned networking. And now your host, who's also known as Ross PR on Twitter, Vernon Ross. Hey guys, this is Vernon Ross and welcome to the Social Strategy Podcast, bringing you the best in online business, social media, good old fashioned networking, and Chris Ducker. <laughs> so I'm live, guys. You know, this is, uh, you know, not normal. I usually don't do uh, too many of the conference event podcasts, but this is one of those rare occasions where I get a chance to do it. And I'm sitting here, as you already know now, with Chris Ducker. Chris, what's going on, man? Welcome to the show. I'm good, brother. Thanks for having me uh, on. Yeah. This Cheers. is good. Yeah. Like, it's rare that you get to do a podcast interview, right? Where right. you're actually sitting with the person. Yeah. It's kind of weird. I feel like we should have video cameras here or something as well. You know what I mean? <laughs> right, right. <laughs> I may have to just turn my back and not look at you. Right. <laughs> yeah. Or stare at the wall or something right. like that. Right. right. So, all right. So, if you guys don't know, Chris Ducker, amazing entrepreneur. A lot of people are going to know him from Virtual Freedom, this book that you just released. Um, actually released about... How many months ago? It was back was in it? April. It was so back in was April. That, five months, five yeah, five months ago. Right. right. Yeah, really popular on Amazon. Sold a ton of copies. So I mean, book's doing great. Tell us a little bit about what the book is about. Well, really, what it is is it's. I mean, I could have written the book a couple of years ago, right? But um, I was busy building my own businesses. But I also felt as if it was a good idea to wait until my platform was larger to release it, mm-hmm. and then obviously have that that initial success right Right. Um, but I mean the book itself really is the essential field guide to finding hiring training managing and working with virtual teams to help build your business right that's in a nutshell that's what it is right right now so now why why would people need to build a virtual team I mean I can do it all myself right I'm I'm an entrepreneur it costs money you know for like a podcast I'm editing my own show I do my own show notes although I now have a VA for that, but let's just say I hadn't hadn't made that jump yet, and I've only done it once, so I don't know if I have really. Why would I do it? Why would I do something? You see, the way you're talking right now, <laughs> that's exactly why I wrote the book, because you're not alone. You're suffering from superhero syndrome, yeah. which is what I talk about in the book, where you believe you can do everything. You are doing everything. You believe you can do everything better than anyone else. Right. If there's a way to be able to save money and do it yourself, you'll do it. Yeah. There's a way to be able to learn how to do something so you don't have to pay someone else to do it. You'll also learn it, and right. so on and so on and so on. And that's that superhero syndrome that every entrepreneur suffers from at some point, particularly as they're bootstrapping and building their business. Mm-hmm. But the fact of the matter is that every single business owner will come to a crossroads at some point yeah. in their journey, and that crossroads will very clearly say one way or the other. You can go one way and continue doing what you're doing, micromanaging, working 16 hours a day, seven days a week, building a business, being a rock star, super busy entrepreneur, and burn out. Right. And then you're no good to nobody for anything. Yeah. Or you can go the other direction, and that, that route right there takes you on to building your team. And honestly, that's when you become, as far as I'm concerned, that's when you become a real entrepreneur, is when you're hiring people, when you're building a team, when you're mm. creating a company culture from within, and you know genuinely truly making a difference not only in the lives of the people that you touch from a customer perspective but also the people that you have on board helping you you know deliver your vision to the world as well so going into that a little bit uh, you talk about being a actually being an entrepreneur 
you're here, but you actually have a podcast that's going to publish, like, either later today or tomorrow, right? Actually, went live already, yeah, a couple hours ago. Right, and yeah. you didn't have to do a thing? I just recorded it. Right. And then the rest was all done by my team, yeah. Yeah, so how sweet is that? It's sweet. So you're here, you're doing <laughs> stuff, you're making money here, and you actually have people that are doing the business of your job or, right. you know, or what you do what you're of your business for you. So I think that's... That's pretty well, that, amazing. But but that's you know but that's honestly that's not hard. A lot of people think it's hard to do that. It's not. It's just about sitting down and breaking down that process of creating and publishing that podcast episode. Mm-hmm. In this case, a podcast episode, right? right? You can do the same thing for your Facebook page. You can do the same thing for managing your email. You can do the same thing for creating, you know, your next blog post. It, it right, doesn't right. really matter what the actual thing there's a technical word for you it doesn't really matter what the thing actually is right right? it just comes down to setting a process in place and then training your people to be able to handle that process and roll it out i think that's what keeps people away from doing the whole virtual i think i think a lot of time i I think first and foremost i don't think i know that the large majority of why people don't start getting involved with delegating is because the fear of letting go yeah and they don't know what someone else is going to do instead of them or they think that they genuinely are better than everybody else on the planet (laughs) which we all know is not the case is regardless how fantastic you are in your own little world there's someone else out there that could do it better i guarantee you right so um, I think that's the first thing. But, but yeah, the main thing is really just um, it's that fear. It's mm-hmm. that fear of, of, of the unknown to a certain degree and also the fear of, of not really knowing, you know, how this person's going to reflect upon you and your brand and your business and right. everything that goes along with that. But once you let go, man, and once you let go of some of those tasks and, you know, your, your staff... Uh, you know, start taking those tasks off your load and onto their load. That's when amazing things happen because at that point, mm-hmm. your business is no longer running you anymore. You are then back to running your business. Right. And if you want to build your business, you got to run it. You can't be stuck inside it. Yeah, no, that's that's that is really good. You talk about a tweetable. Uh, we should tweet is. that out right there. Live tweeting right now. <laughs> what, the, what the hell is wrong with me? I should be tweeting. Well, you're holding the microphone. Uh, okay, you're looking very right. dapper, by the way. I gotta yeah, say. Thank you. I appreciate. You got that. the nice shoes on. Well, I like the, the shirt. You got a go. nice shirt on. Nice stripy shirt. And I actually like those shoes. You I, like these loafers? I looked at some loafers like that before I yeah. left, and was like, no, nah, I'm just gonna go with the. I feel tips. like I should be moonwalking everywhere right now. <laughs> that's what I feel like you I should be doing that. You could. See, we couldn't do this part of the conversation no, no, we were doing this via Skype. Because I could see. Well, I could, but I wouldn't know. Mm. And you'd have to be holding your foot up to the thing. I'm not going to do that. Yeah. <laughs> All right. So you you talked about um, yesterday. We were talking. Well, actually, I want to talk about something we talked about earlier. People mm. think that your service is expensive. So, you know, I've talked to other entrepreneurs, other podcasters in this space. And don't worry, guys. I'm not going to stay on this too, too long. But, you know, it's like, oh, so, you know, you do virtual. You, you want a virtual assistant. Are you going to use uh, Ducker's service? And I'm like, no, it's too expensive. Mm-hmm. And then I was like, well, how, how much is it? Oh, I don't know, but it just seems like it's expensive. Why do you, why do you think that is? I think it's, you know, it's, and it makes me smile because it's not expensive. It's 495 bucks. That is not a lot of money in the grand scheme of things. Right. And let me clarify what service we're talking about here. It's virtualstarfinder.com, mm-hmm. where we're a VA matchmaking company. That's what we do. And we take away all of the crap that, that most entrepreneurs don't want to deal with or right. haven't got the time to deal with or, quite frankly, just, you know, they don't know how to deal with it. Some things like going through resumes properly, mm-hmm. working out job descriptions properly, um, background checks, reference checks, all the things that you need to do when you're hiring somebody. Right. And because of the virtual nature of how you're hiring somebody, you know, 
at an arm's length online, they skip a lot of that stuff. Mm -hmm. And you should not skip any of that yeah. stuff because that's where hiring errors take place. And a bad hire will cost you way more than a good hire, right? right. So that's what we do. We take all of that and we package it, and that's what you pay for. So it's money well invested as far as I'm concerned. But I think, to, to answer your question directly, I think the reason why people think it's expensive is because it's, it's brand perception. Yeah. Um, I don't come across as a super cheap right. it's kind very, of guy. Right, it's very polished-looking brand. So right, I think and there's just... a very good reason. I don't want to be known as a cheap dude. I don't yeah. want to be known as, uh, you know, that, 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 that you know, Nine ninety nine membership right. site guy every month. You know, I'm, if I if I get around to doing a membership site, I'm not going to charge nine ninety nine. I'm right. going to charge ninety nine ninety nine a hey, month. There you, go. you know what I mean? You're, so you're the Nordstroms of virtual assistants. Well, I just I, I just feel that you know you've you've got to put a dollar amount on what you are all about. Not necessarily an hourly dollar amount and all that sort of BS. But you've got to get to the point where what am I worth? What am I provide? You know, what's What's what I'm providing worth? Right. And if I feel that that takes away a lot of the pain in terms of Virtual Star Finder, if I feel that takes away a lot of the pain of that hiring process, yeah. and it's worthy of that $4.95 price tag, that's what I'm going to charge. I'm not going to charge two ninety-five because right. then I'm undercutting myself, and I'm not I'm not giving it the respect price tag wise that it deserves. Plus, I'm making less money, and I'm an entrepreneur. Yeah. I like making money. Right, right, right. <laughs> and Call me old-fashioned. Right, exactly. And that <laughs> right? is kind of what this is all about, right? Right, right. So, mentioning entrepreneur, a lot of people don't know that you actually have like real. Businesses like online businesses like, are not real, right? Well, they they are, but you know, people don't think, oh, right. you're online, right? What are your other? You have two other businesses, you right? You mean like brick and mortar, brick is and mortar type right? Businesses. Yeah. So I have a uh, like employees uh, and stuff. yes, actual like staff and everything. Yeah. Now I have a, I have a call center which is about 230 full time employees. Wow. And a facility, three floors in the building, uh, and then uh, your building, you built a. Building? I have, no, 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 I'm not that insane, but I rent. You but know, you rent long, islands, long though. lease. Well, I'll do that for parties. I right. mean, yeah, but that's a weekend, man. That's not, you know, that's not forever. Um, but, yeah, so uh, I have the call center, uh, and then I also have a co-working space mm. called Location 63, which is, you know, for sort of tech startups and freelancers and, and how much even is, How VAs much is that in the, in, in the Philippines? How much? Of well, we charge, I think, I think we're at like 200 bucks a month now for that's a full-time okay. seat. It's a good gig. Yeah. It's a great gig. And I mean, it's a cool place. It's cool, right. pla coolest place in town. You know, we've got the fastest internet you can imagine. I wouldn't think the that there would be enough people working in the Philippines to do that, but I'm seeing more and more that more people are actually working there. The freelancer market in the Philippines particularly is really? crazy. The graphic designers, the yeah. mobile app developers, oh, the wow. web developers, those guys are making bank. I yeah. mean, they're working on two, three projects worth... You know, two or three projects a month worth at least a few grand each. I mean, these guys wow. are making some serious money. Wow. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Well, they're getting sense. paid. Well, they're getting paid what they're worth, and that's yeah. right. Yeah. Exactly. You know, everybody thinks Philippines cheap labor. That's BS. I call a massive amount of BS on that, because huh. you should pay people what they're worth. I right. don't care where they are in the world. Right. They can be in some hut in the middle of the desert somewhere. You know, I, I don't <laughs> care where they are. Right. It doesn't bother me in the slightest. If they're going to do a good job and they're going to give me. Give me my work done on time at a level that I need it done at. I will pay premium for these people. Yeah. And no, I do. That's cool. That is very interesting. So, you know, we were talking about um, just your, your journey and how you got to where you are. And you talked about burnout. And you mentioned it a little earlier when we were talking. Tell me about how you experienced this whole burnout and what happened. Well, I was, it was 2009. We'd been building the business for a few years. And um, one morning I woke up. I think it was like a 
Thursday or Friday, it was towards the end of the week, and I woke up and I physically couldn't get out of bed. Really? I tried to get out of bed, but my, I was so tired, my body had just given out on me. I, and I, how, how did I get that, that, to that point? I was working 16 hour days, seven days yeah. a week, three years. Yeah. And I was in every single area of my business. I was the sales and marketing guy, I was the ops manager, I was the recruiter, I was the trainer, I was the biz dev guy. I mean, I did everything. Yeah. I did everything. I was even the IT guy, and I had no idea about <laughs> anything on networks or anything like that. I was, it, was a, it was a joke. So, yeah, I, I couldn't get out of bed. And my wife called the doctor, and he came around, and he said, um, you're suffering from exhaustion. Oh, I, wow. give you, I give you two weeks of bed rest. And um, a week after, I, uh, I ended up sort of going into, not, not like a full-blown kind of depressive state or anything like that, yeah. but it got to the point where I was even put on antidepressants wow. for a couple of weeks. Yeah. And, uh, yeah, it was a horrible situation, man. Yeah. I, I, I never want to experience anything like It was like slamming into a wall at 180 miles an hour. It right. hurt a lot physically, mentally, uh, 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 you know, spiritually, emotionally. It hurt me in every way, shape, or form. Yeah. And so that's, you know, that was the, that was the catalyst. That's why... At the end of 2009, me and my wife went away. We had a few days in between Christmas and New Year. We had a little staycation right. in the Philippines nice. at the Shangri-La Resort, nice. which is beautiful. And um, no computers, nothing like that at all. And, you know, we were figuring out, you know, how the hell do I get myself out of the business? What right. do I do? And that was the burnout. And that's, you know, when the whole virtual CEO goal right. that everybody knows me for in 2010, uh, you know, came about. And by the end of 2010, I'd removed myself from the business entirely. Now, when you were going through that, did you um, did it make you feel worse? Because sometimes going through stuff like that is self-perpetuating, where you mm-hmm. feel like, you know, what am I doing? I'm killing everything that I've worked for. Right. And, I mean, I think because you had to physically be, be basically pull yourself out of your business, it's the only reason you were able to get past it. Well, you know, I didn't get into that situation overnight. Right. So I knew I wasn't going to be able to pull myself out overnight either. So that one-year-long goal, which mm-hmm. I think was very... You know that was very conservative at the time. You know I probably could have done it a little quicker, mm-hmm. but I decided to pull it out over a year. And actually, ended only being like ten months or something before okay. I did it. Right. But I broke the goal down into mini monthly goals, which allowed me to tackle things one on one very easily. Right. And that's exactly what I did. And so it was just a matter of um, you know prioritizing the things that I wanted to remove myself from. But in terms of like feeling bad about it or feeling like I was letting myself down or my team down or anything like that, yeah. I wanted to do it. Like I, I had realized that late 2009. I mean that I really was. Yeah. You know, I was burning the candle on both ends, whatever yeah. analogy you want to use. Right. I was useless for a good few weeks, and wow. I didn't want to be in that position again. Yeah. And so uh, yeah, it was a lot of. Uh, a lot of soul searching, a lot of green juicing, right? To build up that immune system and everything, <laughs> and uh, a lot of yoga. You yeah, know, we talked about a little bit about yoga. So all that sort of stuff really helped. Yeah. And uh, here I am, four day work week now. Don't work Fridays anymore. Wow. And average five hours a day. I work basically when my youngest is in school. So he leaves the house at around oh, noon. Awesome. And he comes back just after five, so that's my my time to work. Nice. Yeah, and Fridays is uh, is is date day with the missus. Sweet. So we drop the little one off to school, and we usually head down and catch a movie. Awesome. Like it, sometimes we even do two movies on, on oh, a Friday there you afternoon. Go. There just, you go. Just because right. we can. You know, yeah. it's, it's a good a day situation. to spend with the wife. Right. That's awesome, man. Hey, you know what they say, man? 
Happy wife. Happy life. Quiet life. That's what I'm talking about. <laughs> Quiet life. <laughs> I like that one. My I father like gave one. me that one back in my teens. I remember that. How right. long have you been married? Uh, been married for, so I got married when I was very young, and I didn't work out, so we got divorced. But been married to my uh, to my wife now, Urs, um, who's a rock star. She's amazing for seven years. Mm-hmm. We've been together almost ten. So. Oh, okay. Yeah. Well, look at look at that. Yeah, man. So you know, with, with entrepreneurs, and I go, I've gone through this. I go through this. You go through. Um, actually, just did a post for Mindset Monday. It's something new I'm doing on the podcast because every time I interview an entrepreneur, especially people like you, mindset issues come up, issues of limiting beliefs and imposter syndrome and wherever that term comes from. I think that's John Lee Dumas that came up with that. I don't know. John Lee comes up with a lot of stuff. I gotta find <laughs> out where imposter syndrome comes from. I love John. He's so good. Prepare to ignite. Exactly. You know, here's the thing. I can't even see a naked flame without thinking about that guy now. <laughs> It's ridiculous. It's crazy. John, we love you, buddy. Yeah, we, we do. We really do. I first met him. I'm like, are you prepared to ignite? I know. He just laughs. I'm like, yeah, you've never heard that before. Right. right. Yeah, he, he I, you know what? I can tell you something right now that we've become very good friends. A, he just never, he never gets tired of hearing that. Trust yeah. me, that right now. You know, and, and B, he lives that. I mean, he lives the whole ignite thing yeah. to the maximum. you got to love somebody who truly stands behind their brand right. like that. Yeah, he's he is. always on, always a lot of energy, but yeah. Yeah, yeah. Get, getting back to that, how, yeah. how, do you, how do you think people deal with that? I think every entrepreneur goes through different eras, right? Yeah. In their involvement. And I think it, you know, I think you've got to work your ass off for the first couple of years right you've got to almost burn out if not burn out yeah to understand you know the quality of life that you should really be chasing down rather than just you know work 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 right there's more to life than just work and yeah. it took me being sick physically right to to get to that decision so that that was kind of like the first era now i'm on to, you know then i'm in the second era of removing myself and mm-hmm. streamlining everything and yeah. getting everything done and the mindset shifts i think more naturally that way where you don't put so much pressure mm-hmm. on yourself and you just say this is what i'm going to do today this is what i'm going to do this month by the end of the year i want to have done this and I think if you don't put so much pressure on yourself but you still set goals and you write those goals down and you review them every day I review I I, I work on a quarterly basis in advance so I'm already I'm already writing my goals out now at the end of here here we are almost at the end of September I'm already writing my goals out for the first quarter of next year right so I work three months in advance I and obviously you know more long-term goals in terms of a year from now five years and that stuff like that yeah but I think if you write your goals down and you review them genuinely review them Mm-hmm. Every single day, almost, the likelihood of you hitting those goals increases exponentially. Right. Right. And so that mindset shift, I think, happens more naturally when you don't put so much pressure on yourself. Yeah. You just focus on the things at hand a little bit more, and that's that's the way I that's the way I build my businesses. I I, I, I have one or two priorities that I have to take care of every day. Mm-hmm. It could be uh, calling a client, or it could be producing a piece of content. But once that's done, then I can play around with all the other stuff. Right. But they're always the first two or three things that I do every single day. And then, and the way I manage them is like there's no sexy system involved. It's a post-it note on the side of my computer screen. <laughs> that's it. Yeah. And once I do it, I rip it off, I throw it in the bin, move on to the next one. When I'm done with my priority tasks, I can move on to the other things. Yeah. How do you, uh, how do you keep yourself from being just like paralyzed by fear? 
because I think that's one of the things that happens when you're an entrepreneur and you start doing something like a podcast or you start a blog. I mean, we're here at the Financial Bloggers Conference, and there are a lot of people that haven't started, mm -hmm. and they have regular jobs, and they're just afraid. They don't have a support system in place. You know, we talked to a young lady yesterday. I won't say who that is, but her family doesn't support her at all. Right. And she's a, she blogs anonymously. How do you... Which is so rebel, isn't, isn't that? I love crazy. that. I'm going to do it awesome. anyway. Right. I'm going to do it anyway. Right. But, you know, how do you keep yourself from being just, like, paralyzed by that kind of fear? Well, I think as you get older, you, f you, you, you fear fear less. Mm -hmm. I don't think it consumes you as much as when you're younger, yeah. which is strange. Because a lot of people say, oh, young people, they have no fear. Right. They get on roller coasters and do all that crazy jet yeah, ski yeah. and stuff and all that. I've found that as I've got older, I guess my skin has got a little thicker. Mm -hmm. And it takes a little bit more to kind of, you know, piss me off or yeah. make me angry or get me scared and all right. that sort of stuff. You know, I, I, it's... It's a weird thing. Like, I think. I think ultimately, there's no point of worrying about something until there's something to actually worry about. Right. Right. And I think a lot. I think that fear, like you say, it stops people in their tracks. It stops yeah. people producing. It stops people, you know, coming up with solutions to your audience's problems and all that mm -hmm. sort of stuff. And that's as entrepreneurs, let's not beat around the bush. That's what we do. Right. We are on Earth to provide solutions to our clients problems that is it don't get all delusions of grandeur and think that you're a rock star you're not you're just there to solve people's <laughs> problems and if you yeah. do that you get rewarded very handsomely for it financially right. it's as simple as that yeah. you know so i think for me fear isn't so much of a big deal i'm getting a little on in life yeah. and i've been an entrepreneur for many years now i was very scared at first right. obviously scared that I was going to fail. Scared that the 80 grand that I put into my first business was going to be flushed down the toilet with inside of six months. Yeah. Scared shitless. Can I, <laughs> can I say that word on your podcast? You just did. I don't know. <laughs> but no, I was. I was very scared, particularly yeah. as I'm a father, I'm a provider, I'm a husband, right? right? So I think in different situations, that fear can rear its ugly head a little higher than in other yeah. situations. But for me... I don't, I'm, I don't allow myself to get consumed by fear right. anymore. I do what I do, and I get out there. And you know what? I know I ain't going to please all the people all the time, mm -hmm. and I can live with that. Yeah. Yeah, that's, it's uh, interesting, though, when you, um, you have to take that step. And your dad and your husband, and, you know, you got to provide. Absolutely. And you want to build this business. And at some point in time, you can't do that and the other thing. Right. And, but you, you know, know I'm, at the, I'm at that point where it's right. like, I've never said that on the podcast before, but it's getting difficult to do this and that other thing. Right. So right. at some point, it's just got to be like, got to cut the cord and, yeah. and go. Yeah. So exactly. Yeah, yeah. And, you know, the, the, the beautiful thing about that situation is, number one, you're in that situation. See, what I love about yeah. people like you who are doing their own thing or, or, you know, that they have, say, a job, so to speak, and everything, but then they're working hard. They're, they got their side hustle going. Right. The fact that you're creating that opportunity for yourself and for your family out of nothing but sheer passion and hustle, yeah. you, you get my instant respect. What I don't like is when people say, oh, I can't do it. I don't have the time to do it. Oh, I could never do it. People would never listen to me. I do that. All of the BS excuses they can come up with. Well, if you don't do it, how are you going to know? Right. Right? Right. And the fact that you've pulled that, you know, you've pulled the plug and, you, and, you, and you're rocking and rolling with it. I love that. Yeah, it's I love scary, that. man. It's oh, yeah. scary. Oh, yeah. yeah. Every time I have to pick up the phone and talk to somebody about buying something, I mean, it's because eventually you got to start selling something. Mm -hmm. If you're gonna, if you're in your own business, yep. you got to sell stuff. Oh, yeah. That's what social media is for. That's what your website is for. It's funny you hear at conferences like this, well, how do I monetize my blog? 
Right. You know, how do I monetize that? And we, we left a session about podcasting. And one of the one of the questions was, well, how do you monetize your show? And why do you think bloggers are so obsessed with they haven't even started a blog yet and right. are worried about monetize, how do I monetize right, it? Right, right, right. So here's the other thing as well. You're not going to be able to monetize a blog on day one of your blog launching because you don't have any damn readers. You don't have an audience. In fact, you don't even know what product to create for that audience yeah. because you don't have an audience. Yeah. You see how this goes? Yeah. Your audience will determine what your business becomes. Your audience will determine how you monetize mm-hmm. your blog, your podcast, your YouTube channel. Right. They will determine yeah. that by yeah. telling you what they need help with. And then it's up to you to just be a smart person and create what they need help, the solution right. of what they need help with. Right. Now, you know? speaking about podcasts and YouTube, you're going to be picking um, picking back up. You're doing some a project right now with YouTube, right? Are you, are you doing some videos or well, something? Well, yeah, so the whole... Because th- <laughs> I, haven't, I, I haven't seen them yet, but I heard you man, talking about it. Why I did this to myself, I don't know. I, I When I go all in, I go all in. So I said, well, you know, I haven't done any video for quite some time. Right. I used to do it pretty regularly. Yeah. And I've done maybe a handful of videos this year, literally, yeah. just a handful, right? So I'm thinking to myself, what can I do to get back into it? I know. Screw it. I'll do 30 videos in 30 days. Oh, God. A, Boom. A 30-day vlog challenge? So I did. I called. So I called it. It's all the way through September. So I called it Vidtember. See what I did there? <laughs> I Hashtag Vidtember. Hashtag right? um, And uh, that's what I'm doing. Two to three minute videos every day throughout wow. the course of September. We'll be on now. We're recording this on the 19th. Yeah. And so I'm almost there. I'm in the, almost in the home stretch now. Yeah, I'm feeling yeah. good. And uh, it's been good. Um, I, probably have, I probably have stretched myself a bit. It, looking back on it, I should have done it maybe just Monday to Friday and sort yeah. of taken the weekend to recoup a little bit. What are your videos but about? It's fun. Uh, everything and anything to do with building business, entrepreneurship, audience building. Uh-huh. Um, I don't think I've done a monetization one yet. You should. You got to do monetization <laughs> one. Now. You know, productivity tips, delegation yeah. tips, branding tips. Yeah. Uh, I've had a few guests on there as I've traveled around right. and things like that as well, which has made it a little bit easier. But I mean, on the whole, I did that because I wanted to get back into just producing content regularly. Mm-hmm. Um, it just so happens at the same time that I'm also back to podcasting once a week as well. Right. But I should note that the podcasts that are going live throughout the course of September as I'm traveling around the US here, they were recorded back in August. Oh, nice. So I batch yeah. record everything. Um, in fact, actually, I've recorded every single interview that'll be on my podcast right way through to the end of the year back in August. I batched the hell out of it. Oh, my thing. God. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. So you, you don't have to worry about podcasting nope. right now. Not until January. <laughs> That's awesome. It's a good feeling, I can tell you. Yeah, yeah. But I tell you what, it was a lot of work to put it oh, together. But the whole thing, you know, I knew I was going to be out of town in September. I'm also out of town a little bit in October. I'm, I've got some speaking engagements in Australia that I'm going to. Awesome. So I was kind of like, you know what? I don't want to have to deal with it. I'm yeah. just going to get back yeah. and crank them out, and that's what I did. So let's, let's talk about speaking a little bit. Because, you know, as a... Uh, as a speaker and going around speaking at places, it's difficult to get paid. Mm-hmm. And I think a lot of people have the misconception that if you're speaking somewhere, you're automatically getting paid. Mm-hmm. There are a lot of people that want to start doing it. What, what would you tell us somebody that wanted to start speaking and they don't understand the when am I going to get paid part? Right. Well, I mean, I can say that unless you're a very, very lucky individual, you're not going to get paid for your first speaking gig. That yeah. I can share right now. Um, or, I spoke second, <laughs> second or third or tenth. Um, I I ended up speaking pretty much for free for two years right. on the circuit. So from 2000, 
kind of late 2010 right the way through to like 2000, end of 2012. So it's really only been the last 18 to 24 months where I've started to get paid. But here's the thing. You have to start somewhere. Mm -hmm. And the larger events are the ones that don't pay, by the way. They even rarely pay their keynotes, these big, big, big events. Right. Because it's just not what they do. But they know that people want that exposure, mm -hmm. right? So they're happy to go ahead and, and, you know, get people to submit their proposals and yeah. pick the sessions they think are going to work out best for their attendees, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera, which is great. And I'm not looking at I did it myself. Um, and you know what? I'm not saying that I'll never speak for free again, right. but I'm at the point now where I'm not even doing concurrent sessions anymore. And because of that, I'm keynoting. And if I'm keynoting, I'm getting paid. I'm not going to keynote a conference for free. It's right. just not going to, you know, if, if you're asked to keynote a conference, it's because you are an expert in your field. Yeah. Experts should be paid for their time. Right. Plain and simple. Yeah. Whether it be in a conference, whether it be consulting or coaching or whatever the case may be. And no, well so, said, well said. Yeah, they, we really should be. I mean, you know, and, and the whole kind of adage of, oh, you've got to do 10,000 hours before you can deem yourself an expert, nah, that's know. BS. Yeah, I don't believe that. That's BS. Um, you know, you, you can, you, you know, you can see Pinterest launch, throw yourself into it, learn everything, right. learn <laughs> exactly. everything you want about Pinterest and be a Pinterest expert in six months. You know why? Because there's not going to be that many people that want to be a Pinterest expert. Now you can position yourself as a Pinterest expert, you write a book, right. you go speak, and then you get paid. Yeah. You know what I mean? So it, it you, you don't need to speak for too long without getting paid, but understand that at least for the first few gigs, yeah, you ain't yeah. getting paid. <laughs> exactly. You know, but one way to you know one way to be able to uh, you know get your first couple of gigs is really you know go to the conferences that you want to speak at mm -hmm. as an attendee, as an attendee that first time, and then become friends with the organizers. Yeah. The organizers want to know their attendees. They have to know their attendees to right. be able to put on a good show. Right. So you walk up, oh, I've really enjoyed the show. It's been a great, you know, event. You know, uh, I particularly liked how you did, but, but, but. Now, some might say, well, that's kind of butt kissing. No, no, really. Yeah, you know what it is? It's relationship building. Yeah. And you're not going to get anywhere in life without relationships. Right. And you do that enough times, I'm telling you those invites will start coming in. All your proposals will start getting yeah. accepted. And all you need is uh, a little bit of momentum. Yeah. And, you know, the real invites start coming your way. Right. Because in every audience, they believe in it. I mean, speakers as a whole, we believe that in every audience, at least 3% of that audience or thereabouts is our potential next gig. Yeah. They represent an exam or an event or they know somebody who runs a conference or this, that, and the other. So they will actually end up talking about yeah. you yeah. to people that can end up booking you for a future gig. Which I've had happen. I've had somebody come up to me after and it's like, hey, I'm having this thing. Right and would love for you to speak at it, what's your fee? Right. And it's like, yeah, okay. There you go. <laughs> so, yeah. you know, you get, so, you get you know, it, it does. It has a ripple effect. But I think you also get to the point where, you know, you've done enough speaking to be able to take some time off if you want as well and still get the invites coming in. But you've got to put the time in, man. It's like right. anything else. You've yeah. got to put the time in. got to do the work. Yeah. Yeah, Stephen Pressfield. Have you, you have you read that yet? I have not. Everybody talks about the War of Art, but I'm like, how many people have actually read it? I haven't I, read it. I got the audio book, and it was it was awesome. And you, and you still haven't read it? No, no. I've oh, read no, you it. listened I, to yeah, it. I've, okay. listened, I've listened to it. I've <laughs> right. read it with my ears. There you go. There you go. So there it's, you go. it's the same thing. Right, right. I'll tell you what, Chris. We're coming up right on 30 minutes, Boom. and I don't want to hold you because I know you got other commitments. I do appreciate you coming on the podcast or plopping down here in the hallway and we are 
Stop Let's it. talk about. I, I can see a sign that says up to first, uh, up to fourth floor. Yeah. That we are probably no more than twenty yards away from the restroom door as well. I've, I've heard no flushing yet. That's but, good. You know, We're few, doing good, man. We're few doing ancillary good. conversations, but uh, nobody's come up in the middle of us talking and interrupted, go. which good. often happens when you're doing live stuff. So I know it does. Well, hey, man. Thanks. I appreciate it. Thanks for the beignets yesterday. We had uh, beignets and coffee yesterday. It was a nice afternoon. Little it treat. was. That I was like cool. That. that was really cool. Hey, man. I appreciate you coming on. No, I appreciate. You coming on myself all right thanks cool. very much thanks man like i said stuff you guys hadn't heard before had a great time talking to chris and just going you know through some stuff and listening to what he's gone through in his business and in life and i'm really really honored that you know, chris shared that stuff with us and and shared it with me because he didn't really have to but i'm so glad you guys got a chance to hear you know the whole side of it and how difficult it can actually be even when you're successful and you've got you know, brick and mortar businesses and employees and everything else, it can still get to that point where you need to, you know, delegate that work out. I've since, you know, I've, I've got a VA now I actually grabbed a VA right after podcast movement to help with some of the show notes and just, you know, taking some of the stuff off of me so I can get to the money making activities. And I think that's where it really hit home for me, because when you're spending all of your time doing everything in your business, one of the things that suffers is actually making money because you get stuck in the, the technical side of it. At least I know for me, I get stuck in the technical side of it, the editing, the, you know, show notes, the graphic design, anything and everything that I end up doing for the podcast, I end up doing it myself. And when I'm doing that, I could be spending more time developing products, writing Jared easily. <laughs> right. Cause you know, Jared challenged me actually to a, a 10 day writing challenge for this book that I'm writing. And uh, I have failed miserably so far. So I'm actually starting up on that this weekend, but that's one of those things that, you know, it keeps you from it. And uh, a few episodes ago, James Shramko mentioned to me, you know, you, you got to work on the things that make money and outsource that stuff that's not making you any money that you're spending time on. You know, he was right. And Chris just drove it home. So I'm reading Virtual Freedom right now, which is really, really good. I suggest you guys pick it up. And oh, by the way, whoever comments and leaves a review on iTunes, and it's got to be on iTunes. If you guys go out, you leave a review on iTunes, email me, Vernon at VernonRoss.com and let me know that you did it. I'm going to give away two copies of Chris's book, Virtual Freedom. So make sure that you go out to iTunes, you leave a review and a rating, and then you email me, vernon at vernonross.com, and let me know that you left the review in your name. And then we're going to pick somebody at random that left a review, a copy of Virtual Freedom from Chris Ducker. It is really a good book, and I'm, I'm part of the way through it, and so far I have not been disappointed with anything that I've read, and it's been a real revelation to me and in my business. So remember, Vernon at VernonRoss.com. Go out to iTunes, leave a review. If you don't know how to do that, there are instructions right on the front of the website. Just go out to VernonRoss.com, you know, where you find the podcast, and look over on the right-hand side. And there's a video on how to leave a review on iTunes. Click on that. Leave your rating and review. Email me. Let me know what your name you used. And you're going to go into the drawing to receive one of two copies. Absolutely free. I cover the shipping of Chris Ducker's book, Virtual Freedom. How's that? Don't say I never gave you nothing. All right, guys. That was fun. I'm really enjoying being back home and good old nice St. Louis. 
And I will see you guys in the next episode, which is actually Mindset Mondays. Let me know how you, uh, what you guys think about those. I've been getting some good feedback on Twitter. I really would like to know more. Email me at the email address I just gave you guys like 50 times, Vernon at VernonRoss.com, and let me know what you think about Mindset Mondays. I'm enjoying doing those because it's short form, it's quick, and as you guys can tell from this outro, I can run my mouth for a long, long time. <laughs> All right, guys, take it easy, and I'm out.